So I, I, I titled this, I believe God is my healer. Why am I still sick? So death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the Bible says that those who love it will eat its fruit. So at that moment of issuing that command, at that moment of issuing that divine order, it made a complete difference if this woman would have lived or died. God wants to use all of us in this way. Whether someone is going to live or die, God wants to use you if you have ears to hear. And the submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, walking a life of submission and honor, God will use you with greater things. He will use you with, for greater things. But there has to be a submission unto him, and there has to be an honor unto him. Or there's all kinds of craziness and disorder. You must believe in order to see. You got to believe in order to see. You must believe in order to hear. And you must believe in order to bring things to pass. Now, when you come here, I know that I lay hands upon you and you're constantly receive and anointing. You receive healing. You're growing in your walk. We believe in that impartation. And I know that you're also hearing from the word. You're listening and you're hearing. And it must continue. Why? Because there are people that are literally waiting. Yes, there are people that God has assigned to you to minister to. And you may not know all the details, but God wants to move you by his Holy Spirit if you're prepared. Again, if you, if you believe, then you're going to see. If you believe, believe what? The word of God. Believe the spirit of the living God. If you believe, you're going to see. If you believe, you're going to hear. And if you believe, you're going to bring it to pass. See, there are people that die on your watch that should have never died. Matthew 10, 8. It says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. When there was COVID, you know, when all that craziness, time of COVID, I often equated that like, like leprosy. People were, you know, so afraid of, of COVID, although it was a virus. And, you know, they didn't want to get around anybody that had COVID because they were afraid. They treated it like as if it was leprosy. But God says that we are supposed to cleanse the lepers. He says, we're supposed to heal the sick. He says, we're supposed to raise the dead. He said, freely you have received, freely give. So we're called to walk in the miraculous. And the anointing of God in your life will bring the miraculous as long as you're ready to walk in them, right? So we saturate ourselves in his truth. And eventually, when, as we saturate ourselves in his truth, the truth that gets on the inside of us becomes so saturated that literally that's when the Spirit of God brings forth the results. Because we can have the Word of God in our mind, but it's not fully saturated. The results are not what they should be or could be. When we become saturated with the truth of God's Word, when we become saturated, your spirit starts to well up in truth, and then therefore your spirit starts to soar, and you do the things that others don't see because you see that's why you get results. You hear, that's why you get results. And then therefore, you act and you get results. Once the word of God is literally seated firmly in your heart, the anointing is going to go to work. The anointing of God in your life is going to literally go to work. Jesus, the anointed one, he said it was finished. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. And then the Spirit of God went out. 
And when the Spirit of God went out, what happened? But everything started to change, right? He released God's power here on earth. Well, when the Word is firmly within you, it's like Jesus sitting down on the inside of you. Now the Spirit of God wells up within you and things change. Is the Word seated on the inside of you? Is the Word saturated? And are you allowing Him to literally stir your heart? Sometimes the things that God is asking you to do may be very difficult in your flesh, but you got to kill the flesh. you got to kill the flesh if you're thinking you're going to advance in anything at all. Because if you want to walk in the flesh, you want to walk in rebellion, it's not going to work. God's going to say, well, I guess you have to wait another time. Amen. So Jesus never wavered. He didn't waver between yes and no. Right? It's always yes and amen. Yes and amen. The promises of God are yes and amen. Psalm 107, verse 20. This is what he said. He didn't waver. He, Jesus it says, he sent his word, Jesus is the word, and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. How many of you believe the word is true? And the word of God does not lie. And so it says that he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word. It's already been done. When the word is sent, when you speak it, when it's within you, the word is sent. Here comes the anointing. Rises up, wells up on the inside of you. It wells up on the inside of you and demons have to bow. There's no fear. God has anointed you and he has called you to live righteous for him. And as you live righteously for him, things shift in your lives. Amen? So the anointing is committed to the will of God. We must follow the will of God. We must be in the will of God. If you're in the will of God, the anointing will literally Literally just set you free to go and heal, to go and, 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 and to go and set captives free. It's the power. It is, the anointing is the power of God, which is the, and the word that is in you. We will not short circuit the power of God but by wavering. Yes, no. Yes, no. Is it yes or is it no? Well, it is the divine power living within you that sets captives free. So therefore, mountains must be removed. Sickness must go. Premature deaths must turn to life. We have a generation of people that are fragmenting themselves, that are destroying themselves, and God is equipping you to literally be ready to go and do what is needed, being on the scene, on time, ready, armed and dangerous with the word and with the power of the anointing because it rises up from the inside of you because you've allowed flesh to be killed and the spirit of God to rise up. So the amen is the payment made in full for every promise when Jesus said it was finished. It was already made. The promise is done. It's real. So by his stripes, you're healed. By your stripes, you're healed. Your mind is healed. Everything, right? So if someone was to ask you, would you pray with me to be saved? You would. You would totally pray with them, right? You would lead them in, the, in prayer, right? You have no doubt. You wouldn't wonder, well, I don't know if God's going to, you know, save you right now or not, you know, because, I mean, but eventually he will. That thought probably won't even cross your mind, right? It's even crazy to say it, right? It sounds ridiculous. Let me, let me tell you this, Romans 10, 9. You can turn to Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that the Lord God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Sounds very clear, very simple. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, 
and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's think about this. When someone asks to be baptized with the Spirit of God, you know, baptize, I want to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and they know that Jesus paid for the, their full, you know, healing, restoration, everything. At Calvary, they know it's a free gift. We know he freely gives, right? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, according to the word in Luke 3.16, right? We don't have any doubt that when we ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit that he gives that very thing. We don't have any doubt, do we? We don't have any doubt. Then why do so many people, you know, they don't have the same faith when it comes to healing. If you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You know that this is one of the very primary, this is like a basic foundation of our faith. We must be able to confess with our mouth. This is not just for salvation. Like if you understand this this concept right here, if you understand this foundational truth, you will confess with your mouth, you will believe in your heart. Some people don't confess with their mouth. Some people don't believe in their hearts. And they wonder why they're not receiving the fullness of what Christ already has paid for them. Some, some won't confess. You have to confess it. That means you have to come into agreement, literally speak forth what God has said, and then you must believe in your heart and you must consistently believe in your heart so that it comes to pass. So many of the time, people will stop right there because they believed, they confessed, and they believed, but they didn't do so consistently. And we are called to fight the good fight of faith. We are not called to do it for a little bit, and we are the ones that decide when it's enough. No, God says fight the good fight of faith. He said, I want you to keep on keeping on. He said, I want you to be armed and ready for the battle. And we don't let the circumstance or the symptom dictate, but the word dictates. So we have different people in different camps in this room, and I'm aware of that. Some that don't confess the truth with their mouth. But they must. Some that don't believe in their hearts, but they must. And some that are fighting the good fight of faith. And I call for all of those, I'm calling all of you to say, keep on keeping on because the Lord doesn't change. Stop letting the devil accuse you and throw you all over the place with confusion and lies. You're fighting the good fight of faith. And I believe that's the majority in this room. But nevertheless, this question comes up all the time. I believe God. I believe his word. I believe he can do it. Why am I still sick? And you need to know how to answer that question. You need to be able to know. You need to be able to know perfectly with the word. Why? Because he's already done it. He's already done it. The price was paid at Calvary, right? So, and his timing is now. He's the God of now. God says, faith is now, church. Faith is now. Not in two years or in three years. It is now. You know, some put more faith in the diagnosis that a doctor or a physician has given them. More than the physician of all physicians. And I believe that you guys are fiery Christians. And I believe that you are ones that believe the word of truth. But you know what? This, you hear. You hear this a lot. I don't think I'm the only one that hears this. 
You know, it's easier to put, to put the responsibility on God rather than yourself. It just is. It's easier. Well, why is God not healing me yet? Why has not God healed so-and-so? Don't tell me that thought never crossed your mind. Well, why is God not? Look, this person gets healed and that person. Why has God not healed so-and-so? They come every time. Instead of, where am I not in full belief, Lord? Where am I not in full? Where have I violated the covenant through a lack of consistent, valiant faith? People like to put the blame, the responsibility on God. But God says, I'm putting it back on you. God's word doesn't change. He doesn't change. And we already know that. And we've already addressed. We've spoken that many times. Well, have I grown, to, have I grown accustomed to my sickness? Some have. Have I grown accustomed to pain, to disease? Some have. Therefore, have I settled on the inside and I'm not truly fighting consistently? I am emphasizing that word on purpose because it's the inconsistencies that give the devil access. It is the moment of weakness that gives the devil an advantage. Are you all hearing me? So if it's a promise of God in the Bible and Jesus is the yes that is pronounced to every promise, do you have a promise from the Lord that you are standing on? And I believe that is a resounding yes. We all do. So even though you may not see the fulfillment today, you already have it and you must boldly proclaim it. We must boldly proclaim it. So some ask the wrong questions. They get trapped in the unbelief and they try to spiritualize it too. Well, we don't always know the will of God. Okay, every time I hear that statement, my stomach turns. Well, if you don't know the will of God, then maybe you need to get into his word so you do know the will of God. It's easier to just make these excuses. Oh, I'm stepping on toes. I'm like, good. You need to hear the truth. It's only the truth that sets us free. God has revealed his will to us. He has revealed his will. We, we know this. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. Right? So you may not know if you don't know the specific will in a certain area. You know this much. So therefore you know the will of God. Do you see what I'm saying? Never say, well, we don't know the will of God. It literally gives the devil access. You are not without. God made you the head, not the tail. You are above, not beneath. If you don't know a specific will in a certain area because you have not found it in the word or it is just not defined in your mind, you haven't seen it, but you do know the will of God in the fact that we are to rejoice, always pray without ceasing, you know the will of God. This is what he's called us to do. And it defies the devil's plans. It sends confusion to the camp of the enemy. He is literally just tormented because you won't succumb to what you used to succumb to and say, well, you know, we don't know the will of God, so what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know why that person's sick. I don't, know, I don't know why that person's still in lack. I don't know why that person's still tormented. No, the responsibility should be on the individual and not on God. Stop blaming God. How about, well, God's ways are not our ways. You guys heard that one too. God's ways are not our ways, you know. That's right. Amen. So get your ways in line with him. Yeah. See, same. People just use that as an excuse. 
Well, you know, but it's an excuse to stay lukewarm. God's ways are not our ways, you know. What are you going to do? It's an excuse. Get your ways in alignment with his ways then. Make sure your ways are saying, yes, Father, what is your way? Because that's what I'm going to do. Not my way, but your way. Yes, God. Yes, God. Forgive me for any lack in my life. Yes, God. Forgive me for any unbelief in my life. Yes, God. Why is she so militant? Because the devil is too. Because he wants to come after any ounce of unbelief. And we are not going to walk in unbelief. We're not going to walk in lack. We're not walking in mixture. We're going to make sure that we walk in the truth, in the word, in the power of God's truth. So why do some get healed and others are still waiting? Wrong question. God's word is yes and amen. By his stripes, we are healed. So if you're still not healed fully, don't ask God why he has not done it, but what are you doing to stop what he already paid for in full? You know, if that same person in our example of receiving the Lord, they got, they got saved, if they decide to renounce their faith, if they decide to go back to the pig slop, you don't wonder why did God not save them, do you? You put the responsibility on them, don't you? They turned their back. They went the wrong direction. They didn't confess the word of God. They didn't believe in their hearts. Do you see how simple this is but how people complicate it? When we think about it in the light of salvation, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So we need to be able to, we have to remember that when God calls you saved, it's the whole mind, body, soul, and spirit. You may not see everything with your natural eyes right away, but that doesn't mean the provision has not been made. And it doesn't mean that God is unfair and still waiting, you know. What it does mean is, is that you must take the word and apply it and speak it. And when you do see it with your natural eyes is when your spirit got in alignment with his fully. I mean fully. So, so many people stopped believing. But the problem remains with them. You know, there are a lot of hurts. There are a lot of offenses. You know, a lot of church hurt. And they return to the world. And we know, we, we know some of them. Some raised in, in the church look nothing like the church today. That's okay. Can God call them? Of course he'll call. He can do anything. He can do it all. We know that. But there is a responsibility on the individual to actually submit, surrender, and turn. Sometimes you just got to return. You got to return to Bethel. You got to return to when, where God first called you. See, we don't lack anything when we're in alignment with God's perfect will. We don't, uh, we don't lack anything when we're truly submitted to him. Even when you don't fully see the manifestation, it is truly yours. Because God does not lie. He's not a man that he should lie. Right? So we're not going to stop believing the word of the Lord and then allow ourselves to be robbed. Just like my example of somebody that returned to the pig slop. Stop believing the word, return to the pig slop, they were robbed. We can't blame God for their decisions. So here's some practical, practical and biblical advice to the question, I believe God is my healer, why am I still sick? Take care of your physical temple. I preached a whole message on this a few weeks ago. 
In other words, don't take poison in and wonder why you're sick. Take care of your physical temple. There's a practical side to this. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your minds. Take care of this temple. Don't have any idols. You go, I don't have any idols. But for some, medication is an idol for you. For some, you depend on the medication more than you do the will of God. It's an idol. You got to get rid of it. You got to realize, Father, show me if there are any idols in my life. We don't want to walk with that. We, like, we all know that. But ask God to show you where the idols are. He's already healed. He's already delivered. He's already set us free. The lack is not on God's part. Show me, Lord God, where the idols are. Am I trusting in an individual? Am I trusting in an individual more than your word? What and where are the idols? So number one, take care of your physical body. Number two, don't have any idols. Number three, get rid of all unbelief. I already spoke to you guys some statements. Well, you know, we don't know the will of God. That's unbelief. And we can't please God when we're walking in unbelief. Fight the good fight of faith. When you stay in faith, any ounce of unbelief goes and the devil doesn't get to have the foothold that he used to have. But see, this is why the devil even fights against a message like this for some of your minds. Some of you are annoyed, frustrated, going, oh my gosh, you know, like, what? listen, that's a spirit of unbelief that is trying to block you from hearing the fullness of God's word. It's literally a spirit. Do you not think that spirits walk into this room just because there's a holy of holies in there? You're wrong. Was Judas sitting at the table at the Last Supper? Was he right there? Was he betraying Jesus with the kiss? They were going to all this glory, but yet here he was, full of Satan himself. We have the power of the Most High God. Nothing can come against you when you know who you are in Christ. Nothing. Submission gets you there. Honoring the Lord also will get you there and keep you there, right? So, and then the last point of that is fighting the good fight of faith. Demons keep you from being whole, so you must keep the good fight of faith. You must be fighting the good fight of faith and not grow weary. And that's where I believe most are at. You're fighting the good fight of faith. You're standing on the word. You know, you're not, you are confessing the word. You're believing it in your heart. But you got to keep on keeping on. You got to remember. God will show you if there are areas. I've listed a few. He'll show you. But the problem's not on God's part. It is on our part. We will take responsibility. And some of the things that, you know, that you're experiencing have taken a long time to get there in your lives. And you just want them gone like that. Instead, God says, well, let me see. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time of reversing. Not because God can't do it in a moment. But because he's teaching you how to live right. He's teaching you how to live right. He's teaching you how to take care of your temple so you don't go right back to the same old, same old because you can appreciate what you just received because it took a little time to get there. Do you see what I'm saying? Some people just want instant access. You know, drive by, just like, let's just go through the drive-thru. Well, it doesn't work always like that in the kingdom. You know, I just want to go right through the drive-thru. Well, really? Because God says, you know what? I'm trying to teach you how to walk completely separate from the world so that you don't get tainted and slimed by the devil's deceit. And he's everywhere out there. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you've already been fully, fully equipped. We must hear the truth again and again and again because the truth sets us free, causes us to rise up and say, you know what? 
Devil, you're defeated. You should have tried the yesterdays of my life because you will not have any access in my life ever again because I'm sold out to Christ, to his word. By his stripes you are healed. Isaiah 53. So be just as confident. Be just as confident that he died to heal your body and rose again to heal your body than he also as well as he did your soul. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is John 1, 29. Didn't Jesus carry? He carried the sins of the whole world on, on the cross. Amen. Why is the whole world not saved? Because the whole world doesn't believe that he carried their sins and, he won't, and they won't all accept that he's their Lord and Savior. Amen. Again, the problem is not on Jesus' end. He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses, Matthew 8, 17. Did he take our infirmities? Yes. Did he carry our sicknesses? Yes. Why do I still have pain? Well, some of you just need to tell, tell those symptoms to shut up, shut down, and get out of here in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to get mad at the devil. Some of you need to get this holy, holy anger at the devil and say, enough is enough. I'm not going to be tormented. I'm not going to tolerate that anymore in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to stop playing patty cake with the devil and literally stand up with the word and say, no more, devil, not on my watch. When you remember who you are and you walk rightly in him, the devil knows it. And he does back down and he does back off because he knows the Christ that you carry. So we're going to put the yes and amen on it. He said it. He said it. Jesus took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He already said it. It's been spoken. It's been written. It is done. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. But they're going to think I'm crazy. They're not going to think, they're not going to believe me. They're going to think that I'm, you know, in denial. Let them think what they want to think. We're going to think the mind of Christ. They're not. Whether they know, they don't know, whatever the reasoning is, it doesn't matter. Don't get entangled. Don't get entangled with the affairs of the world. So with the mouth confession is made, but with the heart we believe. So we're going to keep on speaking the same thing. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. There they are. Amen. So they're in him. All the promises of God in him. Not in you. Not in, not in you know, your best friend. Not in someone else. Not, it's in Christ. All the promises of God in him are yes and in him are amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us and he is God that has done so. Who also, it says, has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So he's established us, he's anointed us, sealed us and guaranteed what? Guaranteed what? The yes and the amen. That his promises are yes and his promises are amen as we consistently stay in him. We must stay in him. We have been given a guarantee. You guys, this is the creator that says, I have given you a guarantee. Doesn't get any better than that. Not only has he given us a guarantee, he says, I've already established you. So you're not new. You're established. The word has anointed you. Say, I'm anointed with the power of God to destroy yokes. The word has also sealed me. You've been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
a seal will not be broken when it is the seal of God Almighty. Other seals may be able to be broken, but not by the, not the blood of Jesus. It is done. Payment made in full. It is finished.